Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. If you would like to be a part of this year's program, if you text the word ERIC to 33777, you can get uh, James Golden's new book. For those of you who don't know who James Golden is, you may know him by his other name, Bo Snerdly. He's written a book about his time working for Rush Limbaugh. Uh, he was on the program the first hour. Now, if you want to hear the interview, you know, subscribers to my newsletter, paid subscribers to the newsletter, they get all sorts of extra stuff that that the run-of-mill, I know some of you, you get my daily email, but you're not actually a paid subscriber. And the paid subscribers get all the interviews, the extra interviews, the, the super secret podcast link, uh, and all sorts of extra content. You can text data to 33777. And get the link. It's the third one in that email. Um, and you can get subscribed to the Substack. You will get a copy of the interview I had with James Golden if you are a paid subscriber to the Daily Show email. Uh, you should be reading that email anyway, whether you're paid or not. I generally send out the morning piece uh, for free. And this morning is on Virginia. And how by the, the time we get to midnight tonight, if Glenn Youngkin has won or it's very, very close, the Democrats are going to be screaming that America is racist again. Now, I just randomly, I got this question and I see people talking about it. You, know, you, know, you know, what, what everyone's going to say today, it's kind of dumb, but you will hear the cliches today. It all comes down to turnout, Judy. We're, we're having low turnout this morning, but you know, turnout, it, it increases through the day. People say the dumb things to try to be insightful uh, for reporters. Uh, it all comes down to turnout. Of course it does. In in states where it's close, yes, and it will come down to turnout in Virginia. And in the mornings, Republicans tend to turn out larger in the evening. Democrats tend to turn out throughout the day. Uh, but it's raining, and the people less interested in voting tend to be turned off by the rain, and the people less interested in voting in Virginia happen to be Democrats, happen to be black Democrats in particular. And that could have an impact on turnout. In fact, as the day goes on in Virginia, uh, black voter turnout numbers are not hitting their metrics in parts of Virginia. Charlottesville, Virginia is undercounting an area where it's typically very high Democratic turnout. Those are all good signs for the Republicans, but we don't really know. You can have high turnout in one precinct and low turnout in another precinct, and we, we, we just don't know. When I, you know, when I ran campaigns, the day of the campaign was the day you took it easy. I, and I was seeing this conversation. I, I, I realize those of you who've never run campaigns, you, you, you don't know how they flow, but on campaign day, it's actually very, very boring. You deal with campaign issues. You check the polls. You check in with the poll watchers. If there are no big events, there's not a lot to do. You sit around and twiddle your thumbs all day. You've done everything you can do. I had a tradition. In fact, on election days, until I started doing radio, this was my tradition. On election day, I had a hammock. I don't have a hammock anymore. I used to have a hammock in my backyard. And I would sit in the hammock with a beer and a cigar and just spend the day in the hammock drinking beer, smoking cigars because there was nothing I could do. I had done everything. I had, I had done all the vote out, uh, get out the vote efforts. I could do all the phone banking. I could do it done all the mail, all the polling, everything, all this was on the voters. 
nothing I could do. And then when I started running Red State, before I got into radio, I would have to be on TV that night on CNN or then on Fox. But up until TV time that evening, there was nothing to do. So I just continued the hammock, uh, laying in the hammock, and just, just listening to the news as the day goes on. Election day for people who are in politics is actually the most boring day of the year. There is nothing that you can do other than pray and relax. You've earned it. Uh, I normally uh, would in election years and probably still will in election years take off after the election. Like I would be at work on the Wednesday after the election because you, you got the aftermath. But Thursday, Friday, take off because there's there's nothing you can do. Uh, the, the time is over. We know the results. So go away for a couple of days and unwind. Typically, the run-up to elections, obviously, are very, very busy. Even in the media, if you're in the media, if you're in talk radio, the run-up to the elections is when you've got everybody's attention. And you need that downtime. You're firing on all cylinders through the day after the election. That Thursday and Friday, suddenly, there's nothing to do. So you take a break. It becomes very boring. And then life goes on, which is fine. Whether you win or lose, life goes on. Now, I want to shift because... You know, Terry McAuliffe, if you are, if you're closing um, the election and you've got Randy Weingarten, who is the uh, teachers union president, the one responsible for shutting down schools, probably not a good closing message. I have a suggestion for Republicans. And I, I want to play for you some audio here. Uh, this is Terry McAuliffe closing up his campaign. What bothers me to my core is what this man is doing. He's dividing parents against parents, parents against school boards. He's using your children as political pawns in his campaign. It is a racist dog whistle. Folks, we are better than that. Yes, we, are. we will not have that hatred here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, he's talking about critical race theory, and here's Jason Johnson, the, the, the progressive commentator on MSNBC. And, and one key thing about this, Nicole, is think about what we've done over the last year. Over the last year, most people have had children in their house taking virtual classes. So, so at, at some point when your kid was doing math class sitting in the middle of the kitchen table, you heard the teacher say white people are evil. I don't think anyone actually heard that. So unless critical race theory magically appeared the moment kids went back to class, it is a lie. It is just a proxy. But it's something that he can use to jump up a certain kind of voters. Now, I think what's important to understand I don't think there's anyone out there that's affected by these issues that didn't want to already be affected. Critical race theory, just like the caravan a couple years ago, just like in 2004 with, you know, Susie has two mommies and parents were afraid that their children were going to be taught about the LGBTQ agenda. All of these things are not new. Um, here's a problem. Most parents didn't realize their kids were being taught this stuff until they were home using Zoom for classes. Here's Terry McAuliffe with his closeout message in Virginia last night on the campaign trail. Oh, the audio is messed up on this one. This is Terry McAuliffe out there saying that they need to get rid of white teachers in Virginia. Too many white teachers in Virginia, according to Terry McAuliffe. Too many white teachers. They need to have fewer white teachers they need more diverse teachers. He's going to boost 
the number of uh, non-white teachers in Virginia if he can help it. Probably not the compelling tone-specific uh, tone message that they really need in Virginia. Yet, let's see if I can if I can reroute this. It is playing out of just one side. No, we, we got issues. That's all right. Uh, can't get this one played. But it, it's he's out there saying they need more. They need less white teachers in Virginia. It's a it's a weird closeout message for McAuliffe. They're playing the. It's the Democrats who are playing the race game. It is not Republicans. It is Democrats, and they didn't want to call the Republicans racist. Here's Larry Sabato. Larry Sabato has the crystal ball. Larry Sabato is the dean of Virginia politics. The the expert in Virginia politics is Larry Sabato. Everybody pays attention to Larry Sabato, and he has become a broken human being. Sabato has. He, Donald Trump, broke Larry Sabato. And ever since Donald Trump got elected, Larry Sabato is all about Republicans or a bunch of racists. Here he is on MSNBC with his distinct analysis of the Virginia election. Because one of the candidates decided it was his ticket to the governor's mansion, and he may well be right. The operative word is not critical, and it's not theory. It's race. What a shock, huh? Race. That is what matters, and that's why it sticks. There's a lot of we can call it white backlash, white resistance, uh, whatever you want to call it. It has to do with race. And so we live in a post-factual era anyway, Chris. This is a post-factual era. It doesn't matter that it isn't taught in Virginia schools. It's this generalized attitude that whites are being put upon, and we've got to do something about it, we being white voters. Whites are being put upon. That's, that's the claim. Um, y'all, Republicans have a winning issue here. The Democrats have convinced themselves that it is a white people issue. I mention bubbles a lot on this program. Everybody's in a bubble. You create a community online on Facebook and you hand select the fringe you want to be part of that and you form your own bubble. And news does not penetrate inside your bubble if you don't agree with it. If it doesn't come from your worldview. The Democrats do the same thing. But the Democrats' bubble tends to be bigger and more hardened and less prone to pop because it's not just the Democrats, it's the mainstream media in there as well. So Larry Sabato can go on TV and say these things. Larry Sabato can go on television and say that if Youngkin wins, it's, it's white grievance. Terry McAuliffe can go on the campaign trail in the closing days and say that CRT is a racist dog whistle and it's not taught in schools when his administration is the one that brought it in and it's been documented in print and writing. And he can close it out with the head of the teachers' unions who shut down schools and they can say that the parents only care about it because it's, it's racism and the parents are racist. Republicans have a winning issue on this. Republicans can win this issue. It is the civil rights issue of our day. 
black parents want their children to get a good education and Democrats are the ones depriving them of that education. Black parents are concerned about critical race theory in schools as well and that they're they're not down with the Democrats denying it. It's a real issue. It's one Republicans can win on and I've got some ideas on what they need to do when we come back. You know, the thing Republicans have to remember about in Virginia is early voting has been going on since September and, and Youngkin did not really catch on until the middle of October. I know it's absurd that early voting has been going on so long. And he really didn't catch fire until the, the second week of October, which is why so many Republicans, myself included, are thinking, you know, he really could pull this off or thinking it's going to be close. Try not to get excited. But I, I got I to gotta spend a moment on, on a different issue here. I am convinced education for the first time is the issue with which Republicans can run and win. Democrats have always been ahead in the polling on education until now and in the Virginia governor's race, the Republicans pulled ahead. And it has everything to do with two things. One, parents' rights. And two, parents' awareness of what's actually being taught now. And they don't like it. I think that parents have an opportunity to step up here. In fact, I, I, I really, really, really need to show you that um, the, the data out there shows parents are overwhelmingly receptive to the Republican education message now. The, the data here is interesting. Parents of kids in elementary and middle schools in Virginia are voting for uh, for, for Glenn Youngkin by about 18%. It's an 18% gap. Republicans have an opportunity, and I would suggest to Republicans they need to do something that in the age of Trump, they're less inclined to do. They need to go talk to Jeb Bush. I, I know, just, just give me a moment. Much of the educational reforms that are in Florida that have helped that state move conservative are the work of Jeb Bush. When Jeb Bush was president of Florida, he was an education reformer and he believed in opportunity and school choice in education. And he structured the Florida elementary and secondary education program in such a way that parents had opportunities to get out of their standard public schools and into private schools. And Democrats have for years in Florida campaigned on getting rid of that. And the result has been black and Hispanic voters have drifted towards the GOP. Just think about this. Typically what Democrats do to win elections is they give entitlements to people and say the Republicans are going to take them away. But the Democrats have broken the public school system in America. So if Republicans give parents the entitlement of a good education for their kids, it's the Democrats who want to take it away. And you know what the Democrats have done? And I've got friends of mine in my church who have fallen for this. The Democrats say, oh, well, you allow kids into your private schools. We're just going to regulate the private schools that take the money. And they get the conservative parents to turn on the kids and say, oh, we can't have this. They're, they're going to regulate. I, I mean, I, I've, I've had this happen in Georgia. 
You had a, a school proposal in Georgia that would have allowed poor kids into private schools, and it was the conservative Christian parents who turned on them because the Democrats were able to successfully target those voters and convince them, we're just going to regulate your private Christian school if you do this. It wasn't true, but they believed it. You need to talk to Jeb Bush, Republicans. You need to talk to Jeb Bush. You may not like him in the age of Trump. You may not like Jeb Bush, but Jeb Bush is the answer to our education problems. Jeb Bush fixed the issue in Florida. Jeb Bush was able in Florida to get the Republicans a monopoly on the issue of education. He was able to reform the schools in Florida so that kids in Florida get a good public school education. And if they don't, they can get out of those schools. And Ron DeSantis and every Republican after Bush has been expanding school choice options and education options in Florida based on what he did. Why? Because it worked. Remember in Florida, it was a 50-50 race between Ron DeSantis and, and what's his name? Um, drug, drug guy. And Ron DeSantis won. He got Hispanic and black voters running against a black guy. Black men voted for Ron DeSantis. Why? Their children's education future. And it's Jeb Bush who put that in place. You may not like him in the age of Trump, but you probably could use to pick his brain on how states should reform education to give Republicans an inroad with parents because education right now is an issue Democrats are losing on and Republicans can lock in their advantage with some basic reforms. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you would like to be a part of this here program, is 877 877- 97 Eric 877-973-7425. So the question is, how bad is it out there for the Democrats? And now listen, if it sounds a little bit like I'm gloating, a little bit like I'm happy by it, it's been a while since Republicans have had a really good election season. And suddenly we're turning into one. And it's largely because of the Democrats' own forced errors. Here's CNN. I just want to show you, this is the NBC poll from over the weekend. Uh, is the country on the wrong track? Is the country on the wrong track? 93% of Republicans say that. We live in polarized times. Maybe that's not shocking. Uh, overall, though, 71% of Americans say that. 70% of independents say that. And nearly half Nearly half of Democrats, the president's own party, think we're off on the wrong track. And if you look, as we're going to watch Virginia results tomorrow, as we head into the midterm election climate, who's stronger, the poll asks, on border security? Republicans by 27 points. On inflation, Republicans by 24 points. On the economy, Republicans by 18 points. Here's MSNBC. But I look at the uh, advantages that Republicans have and what jumps out here. I think it's this one. It's on the question of the economy. We ask in this poll, which party do you think would do a better job handling these issues? By an 18-point margin, voters in this poll saying Republicans on the economy. Now, I got to play you some audio. This is not parody audio. This is not someone joking. This is someone being serious. MSNBC has their analyst, Jason Johnson. Yeah, I played some audio of him earlier on the critical race theory stuff. This is this is what MSNBC's audience, of which there are five or six people in Rio Linda, California. That this is this is who they're listening to. 
Why is it Merrick Garland screaming about this every single day? Why is it the president screaming about this every single day, at least from a symbolic standpoint? Nicole, I, I can tell you, before we even get even to the specifics of this, this is also, believe it or not, in a larger macro-political sense, this is also why Biden's numbers are where they are. Those people who voted for him, those Americans who actually believe in this country, believe in democracy, including people who didn't vote for Biden but are certainly not insurrectionist terrorists, they feel like they got punched in the face on January 6th. They saw the whole country get attacked. And they want a president who's going to fight back. They want a president who talks about these terrorists the same way that we heard George Bush and Bill Clinton talk about terrorism for 20 years. They want to hear that about these people. It seems like they're being treated with kid gloves in a lone committee that has limited power, that's hamstrung by, by basically a whole bunch of Benedict Arnolds on the Republican Party is not going to be enough to keep us safe. If you don't understand that, what Jason Johnson on MSNBC is saying is that if Joe Biden would start treating the Republicans like domestic terrorists, his polling would go up. That The reason Biden's polling is so low is because Joe Biden is not being nasty enough to Republicans. He needs to treat them like the terrorists they are. You just heard him. I'm not making it up. The polling is bad out there for Democrats. This is going to be a little bit of broken record. It is. It's going to be a little bit repetitious. It is. But I do it and I say it and I repeat it because you have to get it. You have to understand it. It is necessary for you to understand what's coming. The Democratic Party and the media are convinced Republicans are bad. Not bad politically, but bad people. They're convinced of it. They are convinced that the Republican Party is a threat to democracy. They are convinced the Republican Party will impose an authoritarian and we are a, maybe a half step away from Hitler. They're convinced that they are convinced. They're convinced Donald Trump is a racist. They're convinced he's a white supremacist. They are convinced that we are a half step, maybe a full step, but mostly a half step away from having a tyrant who will overthrow the Constitution and impose himself and his will on America contrary to constitutional norms. That's why you have Jason Johnson, a black progressive analyst on MSNBC, when asked to explain why Joe Biden's polling is so low, says it's because Joe Biden's not doing enough to fight the terrorists, and the terrorists are you and me. They become convinced of it. It's why voters who don't agree with them are vilified. It really has everything to do with why people who are pro-vaccine but against the mandate, why they are vilified.
because they're not on the Democrats' side, and the Democrats realize it. And this is all about drawing the battle lines for the coming fight. Just ask yourself this question. If you are convinced you are all that stands in the way between democracy and Nazis, what would you do? If you're convinced of that, and, and the Democrats and the, and the media, major voices in the media, anchors at CNN and MSNBC, they're, they're convinced of this now. And the problem is that you are not. They have expended enormous emotional energy to try to convince you, and you're not. NPR has a poll out. Yes, that NPR, National Public Radio, they have a poll out. Marist has done a poll for them. Democrats are more likely to be viewed in this polling by a threat as a threat to democracy than Republicans. Now, only by a point among all the people surveyed, but it's still, this is Marist for NPR, not exactly conservatives, and they got a poll out where Democrats are a point ahead of Republicans on who's a bigger threat to democracy. When you look at independents, however, independent voters who are unaffiliated, Democrats are 10 points ahead of the GOP on the question of who's a bigger threat to democracy. It's 41% of independents say Democrats, 31% of independents say Republicans. The rest say neither or both. And yet Democrats have spent an inordinate amount of time in the last year, particularly after January 6th, trying to tie every single Republican to January 6th. And the message has not gone over with people. Now, why hasn't the message gone over with people? Because Democrats and the media are obsessed with the Republicans becoming the next Hitler. You, on the other hand, are obsessed with filling up your gas tank without going bankrupt. You're just trying to make a living. And the Democrats are making that harder. You who are working are overworked because you're understaffed because the Democrats have subsidized people staying unemployed. You go try to get gas and it's more expensive because between shortages and regulation, the gas price has gone up. Don't look now. Joe Biden is announcing new methane standards that are going to drive up the cost of a gallon of gasoline even further. The cost of the gas and the energy has translated into higher food prices. You go try to get a burger, the cost has gone up. You go try to get anything at the grocery store, the cost has gone up, if you can find it, because the store shelves are still backed up, and there are still shortages. And the Democrats are telling you the reason there are shortages is because you're buying too much. You've got it good. Your income's gone up, and you're buying so much, you're to blame. It's kind of like they've lost the message. The Democrats hate you so much. They don't have an optimistic message or vision for the country because you are bad, because you have not internalized the racist Hitler-like politics of the GOP and aren't doing enough to stop them. Only the Democrats can see it. They're convinced of it, that only they can see it. And the media screams about it because the media is on their side and you aren't convinced. And now, Here's the problem, and 
I need you to pay attention to me on this. This is, I am deadly, deadly serious about this. You have two new problems here. Problem one, the Democrats in the United States of America are convinced that they and they alone can stop the Republicans giving rise to American Hitler. The media is with the Democrats. They are convinced that the Republican Party is an authoritarian regime hell-bent on the destruction of democratic norms and the end of our republic. And they're angry with you for getting worked up about critical race theory. They're angry with you for worrying about gas prices. And they're angry with you for worrying about food shortages. But wait! The Democrats and the media also believe something else. They believe we are less than 10 years away from the destruction of planet Earth and our way of life. They believe that if we do not take radical action now, that something bad is going to happen and we're all going to die. That's why they're so worked up about let's go Brandon because it, one, shows that so many Americans aren't taking them seriously. It shows them, two, too many Americans have sided with the Republican authoritarianism. And three, they can't get anything done on Capitol Hill. So you've got Democrats who really believe that only they can stop the rise of American Hitler. And you've got Democrats who believe that only they are committed to saving the planet. It's not a far jump from here to the Democrats being the ones who upend democracy. It's not a far leap from here to say that the Democrats are the ones who, in their mind, for our own good, save us from ourselves. You've got a Congress that can't pass the Green New Deal. They are as epistemically convinced that they must pass this to save the planet as they are epistemically convinced the Republicans are the destruction of the Republic. And if you've got a Democratic Party and an American press corps that are equally convinced Republicans are going to put Hitler in power and undermine our Republic, and if they can't get climate done through a broken Congress where the filibuster exists, we're all going to die. It's not a hard leap to the Democrats becoming the violent threat to democracy. They say the Republicans are, and they believe both of these things. And if they truly do believe them, don't they have to act? They've got to act to stop the rise of Hitler, and they've got to act to save the planet. They've got to do something. It's why you have the New York Times and the New Yorker fawning over a new book that encourages environmentalists to become terrorists, to blow up pipelines. And it's why independent voters in NPR's own polling, a plurality of independent voters think Democrats are the bigger threat to democracy than Republicans because they are. If you really believe the other side is as bad as Democrats have internalized the GOP to be, and you really believe we're less than 10 years from saving the, the planet, you've got to act. 
and you clearly can't act within Democratic bounds because those Hickroom voters are about to put the GOP back in charge and block climate change progress altogether, and freaking Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are stopping it in the Senate. You've got to do something. This doesn't end well if the Democrats really are as convicted about these things as they claim. It really doesn't end well for any of us, and you can see it coming. Now, speaking of the wokes, one of the things they've been doing is they've been bullying companies out there. In fact, uh, so I'm broadcasting from my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, obviously a Braves fan, and the wokes badgered corporations like Delta and Coke to bully people over the election law in Georgia that turns out to actually be a good election law. And the Major League Baseball commissioner packed up the All-Star game and left Atlanta. So the Job Creators Network, the nation's best conservative small business advocacy group out there, they're calling for the woke corporations to hand in their tickets to the World Series to the small businesses that were impacted uh, by the woke corporations' decisions to help boycott Atlanta over the election law. You can join the Job Creators Network. You should. Jobcreatorsnetwork.com is their website. They're a great organization. They're the nation's premier small business advocacy group. They are conservative, and they want to stand up to the wokes, and you can help them. Go to jobcreatornetwork.com. Jobcreatorsnetwork.com is their website, and stand with them against the big woke corporations and maybe convince them in these final World Series games to hand their tickets over to the small businesses in Atlanta that they hurt as payback for the election law. They should have never done that. I hope they learned their lesson. To the phones, to the phones. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. David, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Great. What's going on? Uh, great monologue there. But I've got one question, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit before. Um, what are the Republicans going to do when they get in power? They don't have the best track record for actually being. Oh, you there? David, uh, yeah, I, I lost you for a second, David. Sorry, it's in my Bluetooth. Um, they don't have the best track record for actually rolling back anything or undoing the damage the Democrats do. I mean, they they sit there and they don't let anything else get passed. And then when you know, like when Obama was president, they took vote after vote after vote for Obamacare. Yet when Trump gets there, not a single vote to do anything about it. Right. And I'm getting I'm getting fed up and upset with the party being led by people that aren't willing to go on the offense when it dictates they should. Look, you're not alone. There's a lot of that. Uh, I, I would note, however, that thus far, Joe Biden and the Democrats haven't gotten anything passed. Um, so if they're able to get something passed, the Republicans could roll stuff into reconciliation to get things undone. Uh, if the Democrats put something in reconciliation thus far, though, I mean, the Democrats can't anything, get anything done and both parties are getting aggravated with themselves because of it. You got a fair point, though, on Obamacare. The Republicans, all they were able to do was get rid of the individual mandate. That's it. That's all they did. They left it. And the dirty little secret is most of them liked it. They're perfectly fine. They shouldn't be. But it's also something you got to keep in mind is that neither side can get a whole lot done in Washington in the current environment. Uh, if Republicans get back in, though, uh, what they can do is they can try to roll back some of Biden's executive orders uh, through legislation, but he can veto them. you got to have two-thirds vote. Listen, it is both sides get very frustrated because it's very hard to get anything done in Washington, and that's a feature, not a bug. Gridlock is a feature, not a bug of the system the founders founded. 
Obamacare was able to get passed because Democrats had 60 votes in the Senate for a time because Republicans got bad at elections. Uh, they've gotten better now, but they need to actually win elections to be able to completely undo the system. They're never going to completely undo the system, but they can certainly hold it. But I mean, ultimately, and I know this makes some of you mad when I say it, neither party has fundamentally transformed your lives a whole lot. With the exception of Obamacare, neither party has really done a whole lot because neither side has enough votes in Washington to really get anything done enough to change your lives except through the executive branch. And you elect a Republican president like Joe Biden undid all of Trump stuff and Trump did Obama stuff. The new guy could undo all of Biden stuff. And that's why we need to find a really good candidate for 2024 to roll back everything Joe Biden does. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan, say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com.